Hey, you're listening to In Traffic with Neil Rubenstein. I am Neil Rubenstein, and today I'll be sitting in traffic talking to Emily Wilson, stand-up comedian, former star of X Factor. Not a star, but a finalist, or like a semi-finalist. And uh, the face of Babe.net for a hot minute. I don't know if I'm editing that out or leaving that in. All right, whatever. She's a friend of mine. She's the best. I'm like a huge fan of hers. And uh, you'll hear me touch. Okay. Hello? Hi, how are you? Good, how's it going? It's going very well. How's it going for you? It's good. I'm having a good day, enjoying myself. Good. You seem like you kind of always are. I, you know, I try to. I try to spread the good vibes. Yeah, you're very, uh, you know, whenever you, I flip through your uh, IG story, you always, uh, you know. Yeah. I try and let everybody have a good day. Oh, yeah, whenever we, like, work on a project or whatever, whenever I'm around you, I always feel like you're, you know, you got, like, a positive mental attitude, as the kids say. Yeah, I feel like you have to, when, especially when you well, do what we do. I don't, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure it helps, but I see a lot of people right. that do not have that attitude. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> Uh, I'm in a bunch of text groups with people who do, definitely do not have a positive attitude. Right, <laughs> oh, yes, I know my friends too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what, uh, what, for listeners, what do you do? Well, that's funny that you ask, because I'm in like a bit of an interesting time right now. Um, so I'm a comedian, first and foremost, to stand up. Um, and then currently I'm the senior radio producer at babe.net. Um, but I actually last week put in my two weeks. So I'm transitioning wow. out of that right now. Um, and I also have a podcast as well called Lydia and Shitty in the Big Fast City. Um, and yeah, I'm basically a comedian, I guess is my, is my main title. What's going to happen with all those vignettes and stuff that you were doing for Babe? Because, like, the man libs and stuff like that, is that just gone, or is that their property now? Well, it's funny because I don't – I'm pretty sure it's technically theirs. I'm not 100% sure on that. I don't think – they're not going to take it down. It's not going anywhere. Um, but, yeah, I'll no longer be making videos for them, I guess is the best way to say it. But everything I've done for them is is, is still on their site. And it's stuff that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you, it's your, uh, you came up with it, right? Like, you're the creator of those shows? Right, yes. Everything I did for them, like, I ideated the videos, and then I would flesh them out, and then produce them, and then be in them, and then I also would edit them, too. Huh. Yeah, it was a kind of a, I was kind of every... I wore every hat in that process. Please, uh, they're awesome. I mean, I feel like they got a ton of attention. They got you a ton of attention for sure. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun making those videos, and it was um, it was cool to get like a salary doing something I wanted to be doing. 
yeah, that's, uh, you know, feels like the goal. Right. For everyone. Yeah. yeah. What, yeah. uh, what, was the, the one where you were looking for a sugar daddy, was that real? So, yeah. So that was, um, that was what we call Foncon, which is basically, um, they, the company, the Sugar Daddy website called Secret Benefits, they gave us money and signed a contract for us to make um, a video for them. Um, and so I was a patron of their website. Um, that is real. Uh, but, you know, some things you have to kind of exaggerate for the video. Um, so in real life, I was doing that. But, like, for that literal video, we, like, obviously couldn't get someone – um, the, in the video, there's I'm like on a date with a sugar daddy, um, but obviously we, we were not gonna say, hey, do you mind if we um, exploit you for a publication? And like, you know, so I had to use someone I knew to pretend to be a sugar daddy. But, but yeah. Oh, so okay, so that was like an actor or whatever. Yeah, that was my coworker. Right. But, but in real life, you do do that. Integrity's there. <laughs> You said there's what integrity there? Yeah, I said there's some integrity there. Like I was actually on no. their website. Sorry, yeah, no, I don't. I mean, whatever. It's branded content, whatever. Yeah, but, there you go. Uh, did you you do use that site though? Yeah, I do. I mean, I haven't been too successful, and I kind of stopped being religious about it because um, my life got a little busy. But like. I have no shame if there's a guy out there who just wants me to sit and have dinner with him and he wants to give me money. Like, I will do that every day of my life. That's what I have to do. How does that fit into... My feminism? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I I get it to some extent, but is there, like, because it feels like there's a lot of lines to be drawn in different areas. Right. And, like, one of those lines is, in that area. Yeah, I mean, it's totally a fair question. Like, I, I feel like the kind of feminism that I embody and perpetuate is a complicated one because it's so new and, like, um, you know, I'm 22, so it's very uh, evolving with the times, I guess. Um, and the way I look at it is just, like, you know, there are so many unspoken things that affect women in a patronizing way that have been put in place by a patriarchy. And so if there are certain ways that because of that system, I'm actually able to benefit from it, then like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to use those to my advantage because I didn't make the rules, but I'm going to take advantage of them because most of them don't favor me. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same way with, like, I feel like you've probably heard this joke of mine. I do Postmates, um, and I find that when I make deliveries on Postmates, people tend to tip me more because they see a young white girl delivering their food, and they, like, automatically think I'm not okay or, like, they feel bad for me or they don't know why I'm doing that. So I will act, like, extra tired and, like, play up that stereotype so that I get more money, and I think that's... That's, like, a same concept of, like, I'm totally taking advantage of the system, but it's the system that's already fucked up, so why wouldn't I just take advantage of it? I, I'm a huge fan of the taking advantage of the system idea, but yeah. I'm also pro-smashing the system. Right, right, right. So I wonder how that works, like, 
Because if you're benefiting so much from the taking advantage part, is your heart really into smashing it? Like, you're, well, you know, like, the, the ideal is down with the patriarchy. Right. But while it's here, I'm going to benefit in these ways, these seven, eight ways. So is it like, are you really doubt? Like, are you really want to smash the patriarchy? Or you just want to smash the parts that don't help you currently? That's a fair question. The way I look at it is I, while it's in place, me very explicitly taking advantage of the things about the system that do benefit me, if anything, draws attention to how fucked up the system is. Like, obviously, I would rather live in a world where there are no sugar babies and sugar daddies and, like, women just actually, um, based off, like, women innately are treated as equal to men, but that's not the case. There are so many unspoken and spoken aspects of society in which women yeah. deal with so much more of a um, economic and political and social burden than men even realize and then some women even realize. So it's like drawing attention to the polarization of that, regardless of whether it's me drawing attention to how terrible catcalling can be versus like, hey, look at this sugar daddy system, like, look at me taking advantage of it, it doesn't, it's not to make it okay, but it's to be like, yeah, look at this, this is wild, but, like, I'm going to use it while it's here, and if anything, using (laughs) it so much is making you more aware of it, and then we can question it. Do you know what I mean? I do. No, I I totally do. Yeah, I feel like that was a little bit ranty, but I hope it made sense. No, it's good. The rants are good for, uh, I feel like podcasts minus rants is, uh, boring. You know what I mean? Right. It's like not a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like what are you guys what are you guys talking about? Stuff. Alright, have a good night. Yeah, right. <laughs> the other question I wanted to ask you, because I feel like I don't know, I feel like you're a good person I can ask. Yeah. Is I hear a lot of negativity towards the straight white man. Right. And I get it. I get it. But as a straight white man, <laughs> yeah. um, is it okay to just dismiss someone because they're a straight white guy? And isn't that assumptive to be like, oh, that guy's a straight white guy? Right. I think we live in a pretty uniquely tense political climate. And everybody's angry and sensitive and not listening to each other, which is, like, probably the most unhealthy thing you could do if you want to change anything. Um, And I think a lot of times, like, when I talk to my dad and even my mom about, like, my beliefs on feminism and and gender systems, they're always like, why are you so angry at men? Why do you hate men so much? Because that's... I guess, like, the instinctual reaction to women being vocal about wanting things to change. So I think that the, the, the problem is twofold in that it's, it's wrong for the other person to assume that just because I want to be treated as an equal means that I want to take down my counterpart. Like, I think feminism is for men and women. I think it's for, like, human rights as a whole. I think you know, men and women need to listen to each other just as much if we're going to get anything done um, for women alone. So that's the one thing. But I've seen it. 
So I really, I, I hate to interrupt. I just, I've seen it though, where like on your Instagram story, on other, you know, female comics Instagram stories, well, they'll say like you'll. I've seen you straight up say oh, another white comic. Like, I wonder who's gonna talk about his balls again. And it's like, that's where I'm getting it from. I'm not like inferring it from some, you know, aspect of feminism. I'm inferring it from straight up quotes. Right, right, you know no, I mean? no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. Um, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna get to that, but I'm glad you pointed. Sorry, out. I'm sorry. I'm no, so no, sorry. it's all good. It's all good. I think that um, there's certain there's certain limitations to how much you can look at. Um, I, I think looking at it in like a tit for tat kind of situation, in the sense of like, well, if you don't want us to talk about women in X, Y, Z way, then, like, don't talk about, like, you can't, what I'm doing when I call out straight white dudes on being straight white dudes seems like I'm just, like, being extremely hypocritical because I wouldn't want that done to me, but is that what you're getting at? I don't know. It's, it's like a convoluted question, and I don't know if it's fair even to ask. Like, I like, I want to be an ally, and I right. find that when I'm dismissed, when when anyone's dismissed, like even people who don't want to be an ally, I you can't convince someone to be an ally if they constantly feel like the enemy. Right, and I, I think this is where it gets complicated because, like for example, so I'm a woman, but I'm also white, right? And I have a lot of close friends of mine who are not white, but they're women. And they, the way they talk about white people to me, like, you would think I would be like, well, Jesus Christ, do you even want to be my friend? Like, you're shitting on white people to my face. I am white. But you can't, you can't look at it as so personal because obviously I didn't ever personally do anything to persecute another race. That's not, right. that's clear. But I can't, and I can't control the fact that I was born into a race that did persecute a lot of other races for a long time. But at the same time, there are so many ways in which being white has made me not even have to think about things that, like, for example, women of color think about on a daily basis that like never mm. pop into my head. So because of the fact that I know I have that innate privilege, I can take a few punches because, A, I know it's not personal, and if I think it is personal, then that's my problem. And, B, like, we deserve it. We've been such – my race has been such shitholes for so long that, like, me getting jabbed a few times by my friends is nothing compared to what them and their ancestors have had to deal with for so long. You know what I mean? I, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Yeah. But I find it – and especially now, like what you were saying, with just like this climate is super tense, and it really yeah. is like so much more tense than anything I've experienced before. Yeah. Where you need the allies. You know what I mean? You like, do. yeah. And I see, like, I, I consider myself, wh whatever. I, I don't, yeah. there's certain labels that I adhere to and certain ones that I don't. And. Right. I feel that, like, with certain things, I'm made to feel like I can't be an ally. Right. Or I can't convince other people to be an ally because the language and the rhetoric used is so strong. Right. And it's like, 
Well, if at the very least we stop saying, we stop just blanket dismissing people. Like, I don't ever blanket dismiss someone based on race, gender, sex, age, anything. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you look at the people that I'm influenced by as far as, like, political topics, like, I talk to you. You're a young white girl. I talk to, you know, a black guys my age and black guys young and black women young and black women old. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I try to hear all these views, like people I meet at work or people I meet at comedy or, you know what I mean? Like, people from different worlds. And we're, if there's a, if there's a place where you just straight up eliminate or dismiss my opinion, I'm, it makes it hard. And not, again, not me, but just someone like me. If you straight up dismiss us, just like when someone uses foul language, you ever like, uh, you ever like get into like a, a little road rage thing and someone pops out of the car and is like, you fucking asshole. Yeah. And then the other person is like, oh, the language. Well, the lang- forget the language. You yeah. just cut me off. You drive like a piece of shit. Yeah. Forget the language. Think about the incident. Right. And it's like, I, that's what I'm trying to like, I don't know. That's what I'm struggling with right now is like, that moment it's like well that's my language <laughs> you know what right. i mean like yeah yeah <laughs> that's what i sound like uh, can we talk about the topic at hand or is right. my language so offensive like you know is it a foreign language right um but like if you just straight up dismiss people like a blanket statement oh straight white guy and then it's like well you're making assumptions about my sexuality which yeah you would hate if we did to you or I right. you know what I mean like which is the most and then beyond that all the other like levels of that like you're creating a further separation between white and black like when I hear comics I'm just ranting and rambling right now but no, no, when I hear when I hear comics say like oh that's the whitest thing I've ever done or this is the whitest thing or that's so white of me it's like oh black people can't do that Right. <laughs> like, black people can't go to Connecticut? I think black people can go to Connecticut. Right. I think there's right. a lot of black people in Connecticut. <laughs> right. Like, why are you drawing a divide where there's no divide? And then you're going to argue on the side of progress. Right. Okay. I yeah. I have. So that's kind of where I'm going. I don't know. Yeah. I have two things. I hope I don't forget the second one. The first thing is. The, that's the thing I find so hard with comedy, especially when I'm trying to use my comedy to make an impact um, on gender norms. And it's tricky because people laugh at something when they understand it and when they relate to it. And so you have to find a way to make people know what you're talking about and, and relate to it but without conforming to the ideas they already have in their head like when someone's saying that's the whitest thing I've ever done, they're trying to get you to laugh because you'll agree because you can all relate to the stereotype and then that's funny, haha. But then it's like, so that's how you get the laugh, but then it's like, wait, but am I making it worse by confirming that this is a stereotype? But isn't that lazy too? It's like lazy writing at that point. Yeah, right. I know. And it's hard because when you're trying to it's hard to, for me at least, maybe I'm speaking for myself, it's hard for me to try and 
relate to, especially as a woman, to try and relate to a regular audience while still bringing them with me into like my newer, more progressive ideas without right. uh, like without sacrificing some of something to get them to laugh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. And it's crazy. That's you. like I, that's a goal of mine just to to stop relying on just like being like, all right, fine, I'll make them laugh with this so that they're on my side, and then now I can go off into something else. Um, yeah. so that's that thing. And then the other thing is that um, people dismissing you before and without letting you share your opinion. This is a hard one too because I think like especially with everything that has gone on with the Me Too movement, um, I. I really liked what Louis said when in his remarks when he said, I've been doing a lot of talking for a while, and now I'm just going to sit back and listen. And I feel like that was a very uh, mature and intelligent, emotionally intelligent thing to say because there's there's no saying that nobody deserves to have an opinion on anything, but when it comes to speaking about something where you really don't have any lived experience on that topic, like, you should be thinking to yourself, like, okay, how much of an, an opinion should I think I'm allowed to have versus this person who lives this every single day? Like, again, when I was talking about my um, close friends before who are women of color, like, when they're venting to me about race issues, I do a lot more listening than I do talking because, if anything, I'm like, Absolutely. learn from what you're Absolutely. about to tell me and use that to better my future conversations because I don't know what you – like my, my friend, one of my closest friends um, from Babe, she she's a black woman, and she was telling me we went into this store one day and uh, just got coffee and they had trinkets and stuff, and then I stepped outside to take a phone call. And then after we left the store, she was like, dude, why did you leave me in there? And I was like, what are you talking about? I just I had to take a phone call. She was like, yeah, then they started following me around the store and I had to leave. And she went on to tell me that, like, a lot of times when she goes into stores alone, especially in, like, trendy neighborhoods, people watch her the whole time because they think she's going to steal something. And when she told me that, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I have never, ever had to experience that. I didn't even know that was something that, like, a friend of mine would even be going through on a regular basis. And that's just, like, the tip of the iceberg with things that I don't experience that other more marginalized people do. And so... I try and approach conversations like that where I just absorb what I can and try and let down my cards a bit so I can listen as much as I can and then combine it with the knowledge that I have to then formulate a more intelligent, more sensitive opinion. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. So I feel like that, and I feel like it's easy to get um, defensive and like I've totally had that instinct before too. But when it comes to, I mean, I, I can't speak for other women, but when it comes to me, like, when I'm making comments about straight white guys and calling them straight white guys, it's less about the actual person and more about, like, here's a summation of experiences I always have with this exact group of people that doesn't seem to be changing. So it's less about, like, this one person, I'm dismissing them personally. It's more about making a comment on the group as a whole of, like, this is still a thing that goes on that I experience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that makes it any better or worse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I uh, yeah, because, yeah, you know, if you're around a bunch of black people who are criminals, you'd be like, oh, black people are criminals. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. Well, um, I also think, like, in the, in the yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. 
say that. Um, I just feel like I, especially in comedy, which has been mostly a male-dominated world for so long, it's it's so ingrained in the way comics interact with each other and the way comedy works that, like, so much of what women do experience, it's like, I, I can't even, like, I need hours to go through it with you. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, like, there's so much of it that... I don't want to say I have the right to dismiss anybody because I don't, I don't purposefully try and dismiss anybody. Like, obviously, when any comic goes on stage, I listen to what they have to say. And, like, you know, you can tell when somebody's newer and they're just, like, coming off rude because they don't know how to write jokes yet. But, yeah, totally. But there's also, like, then you see how they act when they get off stage and, like, them not even, like, giving eye contact to me in the conversation and just, like, little things that regardless of who the actual person is, like, they're not doing great things for their demographic, which then leaves me with some right. students. Right, right, right. You know, I, I mean, you know, for the yeah. most part, I get it. You know what I mean? And for the most part, I don't complain because it's like, yeah, what big deal. I have to suffer a little bit of this for all the suffering that other people do. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. I, suffer is not even the right word, but, like, no, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So I get lumped in with a few people that aren't my. Uh, it's just, it's just funny because like all, I feel like all arguments with either side. Because I'm not really, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a Democrat. I just, I'm, you know, I'm anti a bunch of stuff, you know. But right. So it's just like, even in arguments with people that are like similarly minded, like I feel like I'm. I can't have empathy for the right ever, you know, because then I'm not a good ally. But when I am being a good ally, I don't know. I'm just, uh, you, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, I think you don't have to, I don't know. The word ally has been bothering me lately because I feel like it's so, um, like black and white and in in a not so great way like if you don't do everything perfectly you're not an ally kind of vibe which i feel like is what you're getting at yeah no totally that's totally it yeah and i think that's i and that's why it's like i think it's, it's so a, toxic to do that because you i mean granted we're in such a weird time that like there's going to be extremes of everything but like in my opinion, how are you ever going to get anywhere if you won't listen to people who don't look like you or who don't experience what you experience or, like, maybe have had more privileges? Like, you have to listen to everybody if you want them to listen to you. You know what I mean? So I feel like when we define ally so rigidly, it can actually be harmful for our own movement especially when like i remember a sarah silverman thing like i don't know if it was i love you america or like an interview or something yeah sarah silverman was like i want to be an ally and then you know a, a black lady was like yeah but it's not my job to teach you right and it's like yeah it's not but you know uh give me a chance here you know what i mean like right, 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 right. i don't know it's wrong yet not that I don't know it's wrong yet. That's not so bad. Right. Like the 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 racial the racial economic gap 
is yeah. something that if you don't learn about that in school or in an economics class or that that's a hard thing to understand if you're just yeah. like a regular person. Like a regular person doesn't understand that, well, 50 years ago, they right. couldn't have anything. <laughs> and if they right. tried to get anything, you would burn it. Right, <laughs> like, right. And you can't amass wealth from not being able to have anything. So they're coming from 400 years, uh, you know, a 400-year head start in ownership of things. Right. And, you know, and then there's a system, uh, you know, the judicial system is set up in a certain way that, you know, these people are also persecuted. So to ever amass any wealth for a black person is so much harder for them. And then, and, but then white people who don't understand that, who haven't been taught that, are just like, well, I, I didn't grow up rich. Like, right. Yeah, no one actively made you not rich. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that even just having that attitude of, like, well, I didn't blah, 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 it's, like, it's not about you. It's not about, like, it's not personal. None of this is personal. It's about a system yeah. that's in place. And once I think that having that attitude of, like, me, 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 well, like, I'm, I'm not this, I'm not that, it's, like, no one was saying, like, Emily Wilson, you are the problem. Like they they say, like people make fun of white femi- white women feminists all the time, and I get that. And I know no one's saying like Emily Wilson, you are the problem. It's like no white feminists on a whole. Like yeah, we can be white female feminists. We can be problematic in certain ways, and I will try to counter that or be aware of that. But making it personal is like totally missing the point, which I think a lot of people do. How come straight women are so much more accepted at the Pride Parade than straight men? You think so? Doesn't it seem that way? Like, I feel like straight women in my feed are, like, like so, like, I'm here, they're queer. <laughs> and, like, for me, it's like, uh, uh can, I, can I come? Right, can I come right. Now? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't see it that way. I, I didn't. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I think that um, maybe it's because more men in power have seemed to be to act out against gays. I, I don't. I don't uh, know. I think, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I didn't notice that. I actually saw a lot of straight dudes there. I was surprised. By it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, like on my feed, but. Oh, um, uh, but, but yeah, yeah, you're a younger demographic. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's just like my guys in my feet are like dads, and they're like, right, well, right. I'm not going to parade. Yeah. <laughs> and then my other question was, why does it feel like all is forgiven if a man has good sexual prowess. What do you mean? So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of chatter with the like, you know, men being inadequate if they can't give a woman an orgasm or whatever. Yeah. And it feels like, even with the Me Too movement, and like, certain Romantic situations portrayed 
in pop culture where it's excused handsome and can make a girl come. Uh, do you have like an example? I don't feel like I'm. Uh. You mean like if a guy's hot right. and charismatic, girls will sleep with him and they like him? Well, I mean that's an obvious answer there. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, like what's charming at 21? If you're just still at that bar when you're 41 doing the same thing, it now it's creepy. Like why? Why are you? Why are you single um, on the bar? Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like that probably comes with, like, what you see in the movies and what people think is normal. So, like, if I was, for example, if I had never seen a movie in my entire life and, like, grew up in the middle of nowhere, not seeing, like, say I was raised, like, not in this society, even though that's impossible... And I then one day walked into a bar, and this older man who was, like, clearly maybe, what, 30 years older than me hit on me. I probably would be into it, like, so long as I'm still, like, a straight woman, because I wouldn't have the standards in my head of, like, oh, well, that's, you know, that might look funny to other people, or, like, um, this this shouldn't happen. Like, this isn't normal. Like, I feel like... A lot of those, because that's why I'm, I, I mean, I, the men I usually sleep with and date are a lot older than me, and, but I feel like when I tell this to other women, they're like, really? Because they're so, they're so in this mindset that they were raised on of like, you should probably be in a few years, uh, you should probably have a tiny age difference between you two, and if you have one, he should definitely be the older one, but not that much older, because then that looks weird. There's so many rules. That right. I feel like that could be um, part of the reason for what you're talking about. But in terms of, like, Me Too stuff, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think, like, if somebody's young, I guess when somebody's young and hot and it happens, that's, like, those you don't hear about as often because of what you're saying, because it feels like. Yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's that's what I'm saying. Like I feel yeah, like everyone, there was, um, everyone who got caught up in it, it was like old and creepy. But like right. there was one mention of Aziz, and it was like, nah, nah, Aziz is fine. And it was like one mention of Chris Hardwick, it was like, nah, nah, Chris Hardwick's fine. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. they're handsome. <laughs> is that <laughs> right? Well, I feel like that that's such a problem, and like with Aziz too. I used to. Because that was Babe who did it, and I used to, when I would go out and do videos for them, um, I, you know, I ask random guys, like, in the park if they'll do this video, and I mention that it's for Babe so that they know it's going to go on the Internet. And um, a couple times when I asked guys who happened to be Indian, they were like, wait, for what company? And I was like, for Babe. And they're like, oh, no, not after that Aziz thing. And I was like, wow, really? Like, okay. And I think it's the thing of... Um, yeah, I'm on board with the Me Too movement. Unless it's my idol, then sorry, I'm on his side. Do you know what I mean? And it's, just, yeah. it's a similar concept with like, unless he's someone who looks like he wouldn't have done it, then it's like, are we sure he did? And that's like you're saying, that's so much of the problem. Like there was Ed, uh, Ed Westwick. He's on, I think, Gossip Girl or something. His story, he he literally raped a handful of women, like violently raped them. And his no, like barely anybody talks about his story 
because he's so handsome and people are like, no, not him. And it's like, well, you can't just choose who we punish for the same crime. I remember with the with the Chris Brown thing. I mean, it's not a Me Too thing, but he yeah. was, you know, he got caught, he got in trouble for hitting or beating Rihanna. Yeah. And I remember, like, girls on the Internet, it was like a thing that girls were testifying on Instagram, like, or Snapchat or whatever the fuck, being like, Chris Brown can hit me all he wants. And it's like, whoa, whoa guys. <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that's terrible. I mean, you know what? No matter what, especially with any, like, um, new and, and relatively different and progressive movement, you're always going to get people who are just like, you know, I don't want to say stupid, but, yeah, stupid. Like, <laughs> that's that's such an ignorant way to look at the situation. But because, like, you know, it's, it's also at the same time kind of crazy to think that it took until it, it, it was only, no, 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 it was already 2017 when this stuff started mattering. Like, that's just as crazy to me. So, yeah. you know, you have both sides of the coin that's just like, you know, it, it, it's tricky. And and you're so positive. Somehow, you're so... You have to be. I mean, you really have to be. When you live... I, you know, I, I'm just... I don't know if it's the way I was raised or, like, just, you know, because I'm a tourist, but I am a very... I think you said tourist. What's that? I think you said tourist. Oh, everybody always thinks I say that. They're like, what are you talking about? Because um, I'm a tourist. Yeah, because yeah, I'm a visitor, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like if you, you know, life is inherently beautiful. People are inherently good. And like a lot of the times there's just like bullshit in between. And if you can kind of just see the light at the end of everything and believe you're a good person who surrounds yourself with good people who are doing good things, like, you know, that's how you enjoy. That's, how else can you enjoy yourself amid everything that's happening? Yeah. No, I, look, you're, you're right. That's a good yeah. outlook. And, like, I wish I had it. And I like surrounding myself with people that do have it. Like, I love being around you. I love working with you. You know, yeah. you know that already. Um, yeah, uh, well, so it's funny because I only recently, like, um, started doing – because I, you know, with everything that's going on and, like, being in comedy, you're constantly beating to the ground, it feels like. Um, and so what I started doing recently – is you know affirmations yeah yeah so like every morning i'm not kidding i do this every single morning i get up and out loud <laughs> i say i am talented i am a good person <laughs> i swear to god i do this i say i am confident i am coherent i am on a pathway to success i love life i'm happy like i say these things out loud and you would be so surprised at how much of a difference it makes in your day because i you know you know, saying it out loud makes it real with anything. And, I, you know, little things like that that you do to just, like, that takes five minutes and seem ridiculous, they actually can make you feel a lot more wholesome and just, like, better. I know a bunch of people, uh, uh, co comedians, that do do that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I, uh, I mean, Ashley told me to do some something similar. But it's mm -hmm. like, I honestly, like, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I'm pathetic failure. Oh and <laughs> today is going to be 
as bad a day as yesterday. Oh my and god! I've accomplished nothing. Okay. And what's you know the what? point of any of this? <laughs> I dare you to like for the next week, or even like for the next three days. If, uh-huh. if saying it out, I'm just trying. If saying it out loud feels too weird, like get a notebook or something, and I would like write out. You know, like three to five things you've done recently that you're proud of, what you like about yourself, and just like cut it on paper, and and then maybe read it out loud if you feel so comfortable, and then you kind of, you know, because you need to, you wouldn't be so weird if you didn't believe in yourself. So I feel like a lot of that comes from just like, you know, this horrible thing that humans are raised to do in today's society, which is to not, you're like not allowed to like yourself, or like you're not allowed to think. You're great, but it's like, how would you ever, why would you ever then pursue something that requires you to be so great if you didn't think you were? It's really tough because it's like, uh, I don't, I mean, I don't want to get into like a therapy session, but. No, no, yeah. But I mean, if you think about it, like with stand up, like you get up on a stage almost every day because you think you have something valuable to add to a room. If you're literally still doing that, you clearly believe in yourself a little bit and believe you have some sort of talent. So if you're able to, like, nurture that part of you that does believe in yourself and feed it so that it grows and gets more confident, like, you're just going to attract better things to come your way because you're, 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 you'll start to radiate that confidence, which people are attracted to and people like to listen to, and it'll probably make your comedy better. I mean, I not that any, I think you're very funny. But I'm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can probably yeah, use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. I know it's weird allowing yourself to like yourself. It's uncomfortable, but then once you start doing it, it feels so good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I believe you. I'm yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, What are you going to do? What are you going to do now uh, after bed? I don't know. I mean, so I gave my two weeks last week. I'm working from home this week. Um, I have, I've actually signed some freelance stuff, freelance video making, which is cool for some different brands. Yeah, that's fun. Um, And then I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm not too proud to go back to post mating, dog walking. um, And I have some money saved up. So I'm going to take a little time to like, spend more of my day time working on my comedy and my art and stuff uh-huh. um, while I have the padding. And then, you know, hopefully opportunities will come my way if I seek yeah. into existence. And then if not, you know, I'll just keep finding new ways to make money. With the body of work that you have out there already, plus, like, what you – I mean, I've always said this to you, like, what you give off into the ether – like you're gonna, you know, you'll be, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna Thank you, I appreciate on. that. I certainly hope so. I'm certainly gonna. I like, you know, there's a saying that's like, I'm gonna pray for the bus to come, but I'm also gonna chase after it. I'm saying like that. It's like, I'm hoping huh. for the best, but I'm also like running to make sure it happens. Huh? Makes sense. I, I don't the, know that saying, but like. I feel like, oh, there's something in that. What, you know. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to pray for the bus to come, but I'm going to run after it. I don't know. The idea is that, like, 
you can hope and dream all you want, but also be chasing after your dreams and not just hoping for them. Because then they'll yeah, show up. Yeah, like you could like you could have faith that the bus is coming, but if you're not at the bus stop, then, you know, you're not. Yeah, you're not thinking on it. doesn't help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's, no, that's the... That's an interesting, uh, hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, I'm, uh, I made it to my, uh, destination here. Amazing. Good job uh, on being able I, to talk and drive. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps me from screaming at people. It really does. Like, right. Like, like what the fuck are you honking at? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time and doing this. Yeah, and, thank uh, you. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And uh, I hope to. Uh, I'll, I'll probably see you tonight. You're on. Um, you're on Natalie's show, right? Yeah, pianos. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll be by there. So I'll see okay, you cool. Well, then I'll see you later. All right, man. Uh, thank you very All much. Right. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. I had it with that stupid, boring Neil.